Moshon is a fresh of breath air. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 109 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, and follow everything Built in Buffalo is doing. And giving you Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, follow the new YouTube channel. It's a takeover at Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? Britney's got a fetus. Britney's got a fetus. That's why the Vikings beat us. Britney's got a fetus. What is Josh gonna do? It's pregnancy scare number two. They said when Josh gets off his game. His brain is in a different place. Oh, no, no, no. Because he can't yet be a father. Golf will just get in the way. Hey, hey. Matt, it's, a, it's an interpretation of my own conspiracy theory that when Josh goes into a losing streak, it's because he's in a pregnancy scare with Brittany. I, do, I do you get it? Love, I love the rumor mill. <laughs> just firing it up right away here. Right, no, we'll no, get into... no hesitation. No hesitation whatsoever. I have no more greetings than to continue to spread the disinformation that I spread last year. It's a year old joke that I will die on from now till then. You you run that joke into the ground so deep. You have no shame in doing it. And I greatly respect you and appreciate you for that. It played really well the other day in the teacher's lounge. I'll say that. So I'm sure it does. I have no reason. The, the the thing that makes it I mean it's so, not really a joke, uh, it is a theory. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Like the thing that makes it have staying power is you can kind of believe it. It's not just like a joke, it's not just a far-fetched theory. Like Josh doesn't yeah. look right. And why doesn't he look right? Because we have to reach into the far nethers of the rumor mill and pull out yeah, maybe uh maybe his significant other is that they're adding to their family, if you will. Who knows? <laughs> It's the only explanation. We're going to get down to it in this episode, I think. I think we'll solve this mystery tonight. I think so. I think we will. No, but for real, though, off pretty land. good parody, huh? That was really good. No, I really enjoyed that. I thought, uh, I I thought that it was, was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I think good. it was one of your one of your bests. Wow. And, that, and that's saying something. It's probably because I watched coming... Weird this week. Oh, did you watch Weird? I watched Weird, too. What would you think? I did. Yeah, it's probably because I watched Weird. I thought it was really good. I really liked it. Did you? Okay. I yeah. um, it was a pleasant surprise for me because I didn't think it was gonna be that. Like I thought it would be real, a real biopic, but it, okay. it was not a real biopic. I probably don't have as high praise as you do. Okay. I really liked the first half. I thought the okay. second half really got off the rails to a point where I'm just like, uh, this is a little ridiculous. But in, in true weird owl fashion, he mm. is ridiculous. 
So I get it. But for a movie, it just didn't translate for me. I really like the first half. The second half, I'll give like a C minus to. Wow. Okay. Okay. I highly recommend it because I love Weird Al. Weird Al is great. Yeah. I'm surprised you did like it I as much it was, as you did. I, I actually, me too, because I don't usually like movies that get that goofy. But yeah, that I don't was know. Goofy. I, I, they warmed me up to it in its ridiculousness as it as it built up. I don't know. I liked it. It was refreshing. I think, I think where it turned, spoiler alert, is uh, when he claimed he was writing his own original songs. <laughs> and then, yeah. Like this, that that was funny in itself, but then him dating Madonna and fighting cartels and what I was just like, this is insane. Yeah. I don't know. I like I liked all that. Yeah, I was happy that. to experience that. Highly recommend it. It's on uh Roku. Like I said, I I really liked it. Got a little goofy at the end, but I still definitely recommend watching it. Well the whole thing was weird goofy. fan. Top the whole thing start was to end just, it was goofy. Start to end it was goofy. Just like weird. And an and an uh, all star cast. Oh, great cast. I really appreciated the casting of cast. Jorma Tacone as Pee Wee Herman. Yes, I, re- I could not believe Dimitri Martin's performance as Tiny Tim. He was enveloping was... Tiny Tim, someone who right. doesn't act, you know. Right. It was, it was a really good cast. Speaking of weird, Tony, the bills are kind of weird right now. We had a week off, so we got a lot to talk about. We're not going to recap the Jets game from two weeks ago. That's said and done. I'm primarily going to talk about this Vikings game, but I was in Dallas last week. That's why we were off. But Tony, we got a lot of bills to get into. Are you ready to talk some Buffalo Bills? I'm ready. The only but okay. the only person that could put us in a good place going into our Bills discussion is, of course, Marv Levy. So let's throw it to Marv. We'll be back after the break. Take it away, Marv. Oh, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Back, Tony, we start our game review the same way every single week with the So Bad It's Good review. You have your notes. You ready? Here we go. Yes. Hit the music. Week 10. Bills looking to rebound Sunday where they hope to be like Dennis Rodman in double team, but were more like Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress as they had Bills Mafia everywhere saying, Jean-Claude Van Damme, what happened to our team? Josh Allen's elbow wasn't the only joint effort coming unhinged as the Bills offense said, not Kenny's boat looking lost all afternoon. Sir Duke Johnson had worse vision than Stevie Wonder, and there's no way I'm signing up at $9.99 month for Cam Girl Lewis. Carry on, Justin Jefferson. There will be peace in Bill's Mafia when you are gone. Just drop the ball one more time. Don't you make us cry no more. Dunna, dunna. Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs were going mono mafia as both were trying to prove who won the trade. But in the end, Sean Mickey D and the Bills looked to have a triumphant McRib level return to the win column, but instead floundered like a filet of fish. And in the end, nobody was but up, 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 loving it. But don't worry, the moms out there will make everything better as the Bills fall to six and three, losing 33 30 in overtime to the Vikings. Tony, that's the review. Thoughts? S- several thoughts. <laughs> so when you alluded at the end to the moms, that is a reference to the petition that was going around earlier this week. Uh, yes, that is the uh, petition uh, moms for Josh Allen on change.org. Don't know what they're okay. petitioning. Can we talk about this for a second? Briefly. I'll allow it. Is it one of the m- more cringy things ever to come out of Bill's Mafia fandom? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just moms being moms. They care about Josh. I mean, I have said many times on this show, Josh is like a son to us. So yeah. I 
in some ways. But I'm not writing letters to him and sending them out, making his feelings better. Oh, yeah, me neither. I definitely haven't sent a lot of things to Josh Allen, care of Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills locker room, one Bills drive, Orchard Park, New York. (laughs) I I thought that was incredibly cringy. But speaking of moms for Josh Allen, listeners, make sure you go to change.org and sign our petition, Zaddies for Josh Allen. That's a more important petition. That's the petition that Josh will see because he is King Zaddy. So make sure you go to change.org. Now, explain explain to our listeners the entomology of Zaddy, if you would. Uh, Zaddy is a, a attractive man who is fashionable and charismatic by definition. I think that fits Josh. So it has nothing right? to do. Yeah, but this it doesn't have to because it's those for Josh. Sure. We're not, we're we're not just... petitioning that Josh Allen is a Zaddy. We're petitioning that. Well, amongst zaddies and and we are as well so we just from zaddy to zaddy we just want to make sure josh yeah. is okay yeah it's just iron sharpening iron that's right so listeners go to change.org it's right up there search zaddies for josh if you're, Allen. A, zaddy. If you're a zaddy or if you're not if you just support other zaddies sign, sign our petition tony we have four days till the game against the browns we just want josh to know we care about him us fellow zaddy that's true Zaddy's on Zaddy's. Um, Tony, not the best game from the Bill Sunday against the Vikings. Um, I, I want to start right at the top with coaching because we haven't talked about coaching enough. I feel like this season, you know, when you go six and one, coaching is generally good. It, it kind of ebbs and flows to what the record shows. But this was the first game I really uh-huh. noticed a deficiency in coaching on all sides from coordinators to head coach. Um, I screamed multiple times at the TV Sunday. This was the worst coached game I've ever seen the Bills play. <laughs> like literally. Uh, I don't know if that's true. It felt true. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts about the coaching on Sunday? Now, as you know, I generally blame coaches for everything, but yeah. I, I do not share those sentiments about it. Maybe timeout usage, but really my only go-to on this, or at least what I started thinking coaching-wise is, or questioning, I should say, is this just another year of continuing the tradition of a mid-season hiccup where we kind of lose our mojo and have a pregnancy scare and lose a couple games and we don't look ourselves and then all of a sudden we get it back and look like one of the most amazing teams in the history of the league? Is that happening or is this the creeping in effect of a developmental situation in terms of regression? Is this what happens when Joe Brady coaches a quarterback? Is this his regiment of drills and work, et cetera, causing Josh to be an inferior version of himself? And now what we are seeing is, is that that's my fear because you know, is it not him looking like himself or is this his new self until Dave gets fired from the Giants and we bring back either that or, or I should Which say. Which is actually, not happening. <laughs> no. Or I should say, actually, until Ken Dorsey takes on both roles, which would not be uncommon in this league. But is that what's happening or is it just like or is it flukish or is it Josh has the yips? Um, my thought is, even though I don't trust Joe Brady yet, my thought is that Josh has the yips. And Yes. And that's why even in a lot of the coaching or things that I find a lot of people are blaming play calling. And I'm like, Josh is the one making the decision and he's making poor decisions. 
Josh is the one with the vision of execution and he's executing poorly. So I don't put as much on the coaching as, as maybe some others, including you. Your thoughts? I th- I agree. I think Josh has the yips. I wouldn't put it on Joe Brady. I don't, I don't think Joe Brady is telling Josh what decisions to make. Um, no, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't put the decisions Joe on Joe Brady. I don't put the decisions don't th- on Joe, but Joe Brady. Joe Brady's like purely like mechanics and whatever, right? Yes. As a QB coach. Yes, like, exactly. I don't think, I don't think exactly. Josh's mechanics so, uh, are any worse. I actually think they're oh, kind of better. See, I, that's, oh, see, that's right. And not seeing that. I'm thinking about the common interceptions, like where Josh is misreading his angles of altitude, routes. I guess you yeah. would say. Yeah, well, kind of routes, but like angles of altitude, like where Josh thinks it's going over a defender's head, but it's actually going straight to the defender, and then they intercept it. I guess it's me being naive, like how anybody could play special teams. <laughs> like, I just don't know how much like a quarterback's coach really, really does for a quarterback who's a top five quarterback in the league. He was. can help him in certain areas, but was, is, and still is. Come on. Let's get, let's get real. The guy had a, a well, John, killer game. Just to prove that made, made two deadly mistakes, but had a, had a great game aside from that. I, I don't think anything lost to Josh. I think, I think it's all from what's in between the ears from the neck up. Like it's, it's all mental with Josh. So I, I do blame coaching. I, I think from offense to defense to special teams, I don't think they have put these guys in a good position to win games on the defensive side of the ball. For Leslie Frazier, for the fourth year running now, to have not seemed to fix the run defense. And yes, I get injuries happen and Tremaine Edmonds comes out and it makes a big deal and Greg Rousseau's out and make it's a big deal. And this affects things because you lose skill and you lose talent on the field. Or there's a, a big difference in talent of who's replacing these guys. But saying that, Leslie Frazier needs to make adjustment. For the whole game, you have your cornerbacks on Justin Jefferson, who's a top five receiver in this league, in my opinion, and who was torching the Bills all, all game, on an island with guys like Dane Jackson and Christian Bedford and Campbell. Like, Not once did they ever adjust to double teaming him, jamming him at the line with two guys like doing something to slow him down. And just like year after year, how they don't make adjustments to slow down Travis Kelsey, this was the same scenario. Do something. The the great Justin Jefferson catch with one hand and Cam Lewis, yes, should have knocked it down. But also, Cam Lewis is playing his first game as a safety in the NFL. He's never played safety before in an NFL game. So why don't you give him help? Why is he the only guy over there? trying to make that play. Why don't you tell him before, hey, any situation here, we're knocking it down. Tell Terrell Dodson to tell the team, any throw up here, we're knocking it down. Fourth and 18, we're knocking it down. I just got to put this one on coaching. On the offensive side of the ball, Ken Dorsey's play calling on short yardage is still atrocious. The red zone offense is still atrocious. They were 50% this game. Sean McDermott not taking the field goal, not going up 13 points, forcing the Vikings to have to score two touchdowns, getting aggressive with. And yes, being aggressive is fine, but your quarterback has been, has the yips, as we say, has been struggling with decision making, especially deep in the red zone. Like, take the points, force the Vikings to score two touchdowns. Like, coaching the whole way through was baffling to me. I don't know why they didn't make any adjustments. It's insane. I, I, 
for the first time this season have to put this one on coaching. There was I can go down the laundry list and I partially did there, but there was just so many things. How they cannot get off the field on third and long. I got to put that on coaching. I don't know, Tony. Like I'm really flabbergasted how to talk about this game because despite them scoring 30 points, despite Josh having over 400 yards himself, the coaching let them down, I think. There were some questionable decisions, but I think that a lot. I think everything you say is also somewhat anecdotal. And like for the most part, like if you're like complaining about the defense and like Cam Lewis messed up, and he knows it. He knows it. He said it after the game. There, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, and I don't think that he should have had to have been told. I think that would be professionally insulting if he had to have been told about knocking it down or whatever. He, he did that. Just but, him, anyone. Yeah, if Hamlin was over there, the, if a cornerback well, the, was like, they should know this. Okay, well, they're all professionals, and they all would have been and would have been professionally insulting. So I think that I don't know about that. Okay, if you're a coach, don't you want the guy to? your guy to be put in the best possible situation to have the most percentage of success. If I had to remind him to, Hey, knock the ball down. I don't think that's insulting. I think that's just reminding my guy so he can have a successful result. Well, I guess so you're saying, cause in the sense of next week, if we're in that situation, I would hope someone's going to go up to cam and say, Hey, Cam Lewis, mm, just knock the ball down. If you, if you, you know? had a student, if um, you had a student struggling and it was the day before exam, would you not tell him to read, this specific chapter because you know it might be important to the exam is that like insulting or are you trying to help that student matt my students are not adults my students are not professionals my students are not the best in the world at what they do completely different situation (laughs) is cam lewis the best at safety no in in the world he's one of the best in the world and then he's a safety on an nfl team bold statement how is that how is that a bold statement there's eight billion people in the world he ranks in the top 500. That's one of the best in the world. His first game at safety. I'm just saying. Well, that's all it takes. All it takes. It's all it takes to be one of the best in the world. But for the most part, I mean, this is anecdotal in the sense that, like, there were a lot of things that the defense did right. There were a lot of times that the defense got it done. But there was also a lot of times individuals made mistakes, whether they be coordinators or players. But I will say what I found frustrating the most on the defensive side was – like you said with Jefferson and I'm like, we're not trying, even trying to make it not a mismatch. Every, I feel like trying to make I it saw, difficult. That's another way of saying it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm agreeing with you, but I'm like, every time Justin Jefferson made like a bigger play, I'm like ah, it's Benford again. Like it was always Benford. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this like this with Christian Benford of all of our options? What are, what are we, what are we doing here to just say Christian Benford, Justin Jefferson is yours. Yeah. I thought that was foolish. And I thought that, it was a clear mismatch. Every time it looked like a mismatch, we didn't learn from that. We didn't adjust, make adjustments on that the whole game. And obviously we paid for it. And then even the only time I remember noticing that it wasn't Benford, it was Cam Lewis. Now, as you know, he's one of the best safeties in the world, but let's be real here. As, like, as, we, not, as we established five minutes ago, yes. Right. But let, like, c- come on. Like, so, the, so Benford isn't, doing, isn't getting the job done, so we're going to say Cam Lewis to do it. I like Cam Lewis. I have a Cam Lewis jersey. I like all these. There's guys. some UB fun involved. Yeah, there's some UB fun in this, but I mean, he's not someone who should be covering Justin Jefferson in those situations. And that's what I'm saying. Like this coaching staff has this. There's they're so stingy on this next man up mentality of like AJ Epinesa can produce the same as Gregory Rousseau. We're not going to do anything to help him. We're not going to you know stunt. We're not going to like 
Christian Bedford is going to produce the same as Tredavious White out there. All pro cornerback. No, like he is a sixth, seventh round rookie, whatever he is. Give him help. Cam Lewis is the next man up for Jordan Poyer, whoever, Hyde. And he, we're, we're going to play him as if he is Micah Hyde. No, it's Cam Lewis who's playing his first game at State. Stop with this next man up mentality and expecting these guys to perform as good as who they're replacing. It's not happening. So you as coaches need to help these guys out and adjust like they don't do it they're just so dingin on this next man up mentality i I can't stand it there's a culture piece to that of making sure next man up of having that trust but i mean the result speaks for itself you can't argue there yeah but i think the and then offensively i think it's mostly on josh yeah yeah can i throw a curveball at you and who and who i please do matt barkley Um, no i'm gonna blame Brittany. i think you'll like this one no. Okay. Uh, one Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. As you know, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone, the psychologist from Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. The Bills, yeah okay. the Bills, apparently, after two straight losses, they need a good sports mental psychologist. Yes. And why they, I would be... hired, and why they haven't hired Sharon Fieldstone is beyond me at this point. Yes. That's a great idea, Matt. This is a fantastic idea. I'm going to bring this to the board. This is, Bring this to the fan advisory board. Yeah, please. this is a fantastic having that happen would be a fantastic idea. This team I, if, it's, now, if it's not happening already, I would kind of be shocked I, if it wasn't happening already. But if they just don't have someone ready to roll, but they might have someone, but they don't have Sharon Fieldstone. They need well, that's true. that She's specific fantastic. person. She is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She fixed Ted Lasso. She helped him she mentally cope. She fixed the whole team. Mm-hmm. Football's life. This team now for two weeks has blown double digit leads two weeks Ball's in a row. Death. They haven't football is also death. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Double digit leads two weeks in a row blown. Haven't scored a touchdown in the second half for three straight weeks. I don't know if Josh Allen is the only one with the yips. It feels like the whole team has the yips. Going back to the defense, how they can't get off the field on third and long. The Vikings, I'm throwing some stats out here because they're just mind-blowing the vikings converted seven for 17 on third down 41 percent. but here is where they converted or what they converted on third and 11 converted third and seven Mm -hmm. convert third and 10 converted third and five converted third and 12 fourth and six fourth and 18 third and 10 all third and long situations or fourth and long situations and the defense cannot get off the field. Nobody can make a play. I don't know if it's just Josh with the yips. I think it's this entire team. They they don't even look the same. And I know it's a personnel thing in some regards. But let's rewind to week one against the Rams. That team looked going into week one where you expect maybe some rust, maybe some unpolished whatever execution. That team looked polished. They looked tight. They looked... Like they had a plan and stuck to it. Josh, quick passes, three-step drops. They were just mechanical, systematic, and executed accordingly. And now they just look top to bottom, both sides of the ball, all three facets of the game. They just look frazzled, to put it in a non-swearing term. Tony, I've said it before. Paul Cole, where have all the Cowboys gone? Sean McDermott, where has my Bills team gone? Mm-hmm. Where have our where have all the Buffalo Bills gone? Where have all the Bill Buffalo Bills gone, Tony? Yep, exactly. Where have mm-hmm. they gone, Tony? Tell me. Answer this this riddle for me. Uh, this does not look like the same team as the first I know. month of the year. I know. 
It does not. I agree. So there's got to sure be more. The there's got to be more to the story is what you're saying. It can't be as simple as a pregnancy scare. That's what I'm hearing from you. Is it the curse mm-hmm. of Kendall Gaskins? He liked one of our tweets and now we see what happens. No, what I think happens. that it's the. I we was didn't put of, him on the team. I was kind of saving this. I, yeah, I know. I was kind of saving this, but what it is, is you'll notice is I, is that, well, this is a growing pain of the universe coming back into balance because now the sabers are also bad right? when they used to also be good. So now the sabers I think have proven to be bad enough. The losing streak is long enough that now the bills can be good again and the sabers can continue to be bad, bringing it back into balance because we can't have two good teams at the same time. No. Yes. That's, that's the world. Thanos. This is a Thanos thing. The world needs to be. This balanced. is a thing. Yes, this is. Yes. Thanos was right. Bring it, yeah. This is just an aspect of the Sabres were initially too good. So then the Bills started being bad. So now the Sabres are bad enough that the Bills can start being good again. I like it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the case. And uh, quite frankly, all Buffalo sports teams have been bad in the month of November. Nobody has won. Mm-hmm. The Sabres have not won. The Bills have not won. UB football has not won in the month of November. It is sadness factory and even, this month, Tony. And even that's spilling into Cam Lewis's performance. So I know he's a obviously it's a crossover. Um, the sadness factory has returned. Tony, anything else about the uh, the defense you want to mention before we move on to the offense, or anything about coaching? Are, are you are you okay with Leslie Frazier still? That's a good question. Yes, I wanted to ask. Definitely, you. definitely, really? yes, yes. Had we won, we'd be remembering all the times the defense stepped up. When when would, when did they step up? The goal line stance at the end? That's yes. one of the many great examples. Mm-hmm. Give me the many other great examples. I don't remember many. Oh, you know, because that's the kind of defense we have. It's not memorable. It just, just, just gets the job done. I mean, except for also, even you know, really, even except for that nine, except for the, the long run by Cook. Alvin Cook. I mean, we shut Cook down a lot. Not our cook. Yeah, Delvin. Yeah. Yes. I, I have to specify. Yes, you're right. So even that, like we shut him down for, and especially for negative yardage a lot. Yeah. No, they did well until they, he busted out that 80 yard run. I, I right. Absolutely. will credit them there. I think this was a good game for the Tremaine Edmonds, the main, main eventers, which you are the president of their fan, the fan club. Um, because when Tremaine <laughs> oh, Edmonds, man, I'm, game, I'm a defender. I'm not a inventor. I mean, you're a main eventer. No, that's too much. I'm just a defender. I'm fine with him. If he's not on the when team Trema- next year, I will understand. Okay. All right. That's fair. When he went out of the game, though, the defense kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Even the... It did. Tur- so is this turnovers- a thing where... Are we critical now of Bernard? Well, that's what I was going to say. Even the turnovers weren't them making good plays. It was Kirk Cousins making terrible throws. Bedford's interception was overthrown dane jackson's was i don't even know what kirk cousins it was an ej manual type throw there i don't even know what he's looking at but uh i'm critical of bernard yeah of course i don't know if he's that good <laughs> he was okay when he played against the jets that's what i think I he was too. like he's not quite, he's not quite there yet no he's okay but i will say like that is something that has been frustrating me in the wake of this situation is that the most frustrating part of this game i would even say is not even everything we've been talking about. It's people who are saying, especially when they find out that I went, people are saying, oh, well, that was a good game. No, it wasn't. The essence of this game was that both teams made terrible mistakes, and then other people on those teams 
were able to dig them out of it. It's who capitalized on good mistakes, games. Yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad teams playing or two bad performances. Just, just in a T chart against each other. Like, each what other. Do we, yeah. Right. Yeah. Negating each other. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't know. It was a good game. Right. It was a game. Cousins. Cousins threw bad interceptions. Josh threw bad interceptions. Singletary fumble. Like, yeah, it was, it was a game. Yeah, it sure was. It was a game. I guess it's like the glass half full look at it is the Bills are six and three. The three losses have come by a total of eight points. So it's just like, well, if Josh gets rid of the yips and doesn't have these costly turnovers and maybe he gets reeled in a little by the coaching staff and McDermott isn't so overly aggressive, which stats and data will tell you the Bills are one of the most aggressive teams in terms of going forward on third down and going forward on fourth down and such, you know, not kicking field goals, trying to go for touchdowns instead. You know, they could very easily be undefeated. So is that the glass half full? Look at it. You can say about any team. The Sabres could very easily be undefeated too. Yeah, they lost four to one tonight. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean. Doesn't feel like know, a game they could A little won. more aggression here. One thing here, one thing there. All of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, undefeated. I guess. I guess that's the simplistic way of looking at it. Tony, this is really our Frank Costanza Festivus airing of grievances like episode. I got a lot of problems with the Bills, and now you're going to hear about it, Witty Nation. They deserve it. They deserve The Bills deserve it because they have not. Oh, I meant Witty Nation. Fuck them. Oh, no. No, Tony. (laughs) I'm kidding. We love you. Blast like that. Come on. We love you, Winnie uh, Nation. We love you. We love you. Always ride or die. All right. So if we're playing the blame game here, I blame the coaching top of my list. You're blaming Josh's yep. So let's move on to the offense and let's talk about Josh, the chosen one, J17, the franchise, the prodigal son, whatever you want to call him. I agree he has the yips. Is it the mental aspect? Is it the weight of preseason expectations, all the Super Bowl hype, all the MVP talk, coupled with the weight of a city and the weight of a fan base and just the weight of having a successful team and organization that he's putting on his shoulder. Like, do you think it's all this stuff just culminating into him being kind of erratic? Or is you just think that's his style of play? A lot of people this week comparing him to Brett Favre. Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. Great quarterback, terrible person. Josh is a good person, so we're not going to compare him off the field. But on the field, gunslinger, Brett Favre made a lot of memorable plays, a lot of memorable moments for the Packers and the other organizations he played for. But he was also a gunslinger, and he also has career leader in interceptions. Like, is that Josh? Like, is it his style of play, or is it a mental thing with you? What What do you think is is going on with 17? All mental, mostly mental. As someone who's experienced the yips a lot, I think he's in a mode where he wants it to be as easy as it was, you know, in the first couple of games where he's just like doing amazing things to prove to others and himself that he can pull that stuff out of his hat. And I think a lot of us would rather it just be like, no, man, just take the check down. Like, we don't have to do that. We just got to win. Just take the check down and like, we'll we'll get there and we'll figure it out. We can be a little bit more, less aggressive, a little bit more conservative in this and like we'll all get there as a team because it's a super talented team i think it's pretty much mental he's gotta get over it <laughs> or he's just gotta like believe, he believe in to. himself and yeah he's gotta believe in himself and believe that he and he has to stop thinking yeah that's like uh, w- what's the old trope when football players start thinking and don't let things flow naturally like that's when 
they play their worst or that's where they get in the most trouble when Tremaine Edmonds isn't just letting the game come to Look him. Look at Cole Beasley. About, there you go. Look at Cole Beasley. He's a, you, had, you had to bring him up. A, you had to bring him up. Tony. He became a free thinker and we all saw what happened. <laughs> Don't think for yourselves. You had to bring up Cole Beasley, didn't you? Unbelievable. Can we go one podcast without talking about Cole Beasley? He's the freest free thinker we know. Other than QAnon Flutie. Yeah. Other, yeah. Other than QAnon Flutie. Yes. Yes. I think the whole offense is just, it's just off. You watch the game Sunday, and I've noticed it all year. I don't know if it's guys not running routes correctly. I don't know if it's Josh making poor decisions. I don't know if it's a combination of both. But there's a lot of times I see, for example, the Bills are up. I think it was when they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. They were down in the red zone. It was the Patrick Peterson interception sequence, which was the fourth down play. I think the third down play you see Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis literally standing on top of each other at the end of their routes. I can't imagine that's how Ken Dorsey drew it up. And when I think back on this season, these first 10 weeks of this season, first nine games, it doesn't seem like Josh and Gabe Davis are on the same page a lot. Like there's a lot of interceptions where I feel like Josh thinks Gabe is going to flatten his route and he continues to, to go up the field or, you know, just something that, that causes a miscommunication or somebody's not doing something correctly or where maybe since we brought him up, Cole Beasley, there was a familiarity with him. And I think that's like the one thing this offense is lacking right now is a true slot receiver. As much as we don't like Cole Beasley, losing Jamison Crowder to injury might be a bigger deal than we think. Because Isaiah McKenzie... That's what I was going to say too, yeah. Isaiah McKenzie was not and never has been and I think we expected him to be this year, like a traditional slot receiver. You look at his route tree last year, he hasn't run a lot of traditional like slot receiver routes, not in the three to seven intermediate yard range. Like he runs a lot of 10 to 15 yard crossing routes. Like that's his game. He's fast. He's not like twitchy in any way, like Beasley or Crowder are, like a traditional slot receiver is. So I think that's the one wrinkle like Dorsey has. And I don't, again, I don't know if it's Dorsey's offense he's running or if it's just a, a product of the personnel, but a slot receiver and then the usage of Dawson Knox are the two things that like stand out to me. The miscommunication between what I think is miscommunication between Davis and Allen this year, like that stuff can be fixed. The offense Dorsey is running, and this is going to be a good testament to Dorsey to see if now that they're sputtering a little, now that his quarterback kind of is forcing things or is forcing things, not kind of, is forcing things. Is he able to adjust? Is he able to adjust schematically, adjust game planning from Monday to Saturday? Like, Because they need to adjust. Again, the, the machine is broken. Why? And I again, I'm going back to coaching as a reason I'm blaming this loss on. Why they abandoned the run game in the second half is beyond me. Devin Singletary was extremely effective once again in the first half of the average like six or so yards per carry and then they just abandon it even when they're winning this team can run the ball we've seen it throughout the year this in terms of like pure volume wise they don't do it very much but when they do they're they're pretty effective for the most part i just don't know why he i would love i don't I don't know the short yards. I agree. Short yards play calling is still like ridiculous, but let's talk about the run game first. I don't know. I I agree. Every I feel like every game I walk away and like you know Singletary looked pretty good today, 
and then I yeah. see the usage and it's like four rushes. And I'm like, doesn't even feel that way. Cause I feel like every time it was out there was something pretty impressive or relatively memorable. Or even in this game, I think it was like four to one, like was it seven rushes cumulatively in the first half for, of running backs. I feel like it should all be more in balance than that, but I, I would love to see it happen more, especially with a revamped running back room that we have now. Singletary seemingly looks capable. Hines is in the mix. Cook is growing more by the week and looks better every week. I mean, had more let's, Hines let's put it on display. Views of Naheem Hines. That's another thing that drives me crazy. Well, me too, Naheem, but I believe Naheem in Hines' him. usage. Sure, I believe in every guy on the roster except Tremaine Edmonds. No, I'm kidding. Every other trade acquisition in the NFL has done something for their team, has been involved in some way, Jeff Wilson Jr. had over 100 yards rushing for the Dolphins. Scored a touchdown his first week. Kadir's Tony Apples and oranges. For the okay. Is it? Is it? Christian McCaffrey has Wilson been Jr. In. it is. I'm just saying. Every other guy. Christian McCaffrey is a better example. Sure. Maybe Christian McCaffrey is, is a much better player and talent than Naheem Hines. But it, it, I'm just like holistically speaking of these teams have went out of their way. No more, he's learning the playbook, blah, blah, blah. They systematically, schematically, whatever, have gotten these guys involved. Like, Naheem Hines has been a ghost in this. Not offense. involved. Liter- literally. Are you telling me you traded yeah, for a guy uh, to do punt returns? Give me a break. Draw up this, some Chris play. Watson? <laughs> right? Toast Watson? No. Nobody's as bad as was that. that. Is, was that a nickname? That was an, uh, Yeah. That was a nickname. I mean, that was a nickname I think fans gave him. I don't think like oh, okay. in the locker room they were calling he got him toasted all the time. All right. He got toasted all the time. Yeah. But you cannot tell me like it's taken this guy two weeks to learn the playbook. Even five plays. Say, Naheem, these five plays are you are the hot route. You are option number one. These are the five to ten plays, and we're going to slowly ramp up. That just seems to, like a natural thing. Every other team's trade acquisitions have done something. Isaiah Hodgins, I know he wasn't a trade acquisition. He's a waiver wire pickup. He had two catches for the Giants. Like, what are you doing here? I'm I'm slowly losing faith in Ken Dorsey, I think is the main the mm. main argument here. Well, I don't think Ken Dorsey has to force it. Force Naheem Hines getting involved just to satisfy this conversation. But I think that the room gets a lot more crowded when you only have like 12 rushes a game. And you have three players who are all, none of the players are gimmies. This isn't like Carolina that has Raheem Blackshear on their team. Like all of these players have a pedigree to them. Sure. So I think when you only, when you only, when you're barely use them, but they're all kind of like that, it's going to be kind of rare. So maybe Naheem Hines isn't right really where your mind goes unless, unless you're really trying to force something, but we don't really have to force something. And I mean, I'd kind of rather see Cook at the refs anyway, I guess. Which is more fun. So what was the point of trading for him then? Well, is it an insurance well, I, policy? Moss wasn't doing anything. Sure. And but... Naheem Hines wasn't going to, wasn't, was kind of falling out of favor there too. So, so you traded you have for a the advantage. No, and the advantage, so the advantages are that, you know, change of scenery for both would probably benefit both. Naheem Hines obviously is better. Naheem Hines is a talent that can be in play next year, whereas Singletary does not have to be in play next year. Even more and now you even have two... more of a case of getting him involved in the offense now. If your two running backs next year are Naheem Hines and James Cook, don't you want Hines involved in the offense? 
I do, but I, I, I mean, I think for that, for what you're saying, it's a small sample size. If, if you're, if we're talking about like lo- the long-term plans here, I'd really like, like to, see. to see, I mean, I would, I'd like to see it more. I'd like to see him like do something amazing, but small sample size. I guess, but gotta imagine. Are you like, saying you think you that if Naheem Hines was more involved, would we have won on Sunday? Possibly. He's a playmaker, right? The whole thing with him was get the ball in his hands and he can he can do something with it. I just want to see more creativity out of this offense. Like I want to okay. see I want to see different packages. I want to see I want to see Hines and Cook in the backfield together or maybe both in a in, you know, the slot in a five receiver set. Something like that. I just have to imagine you didn't trade for just a punt returner. For knowing how Well, I don't think that's dyna- what it is. I don't think it is either, but I, I need to I guess it's more of a an onus on Ken Dorsey to for, for me that's, that's why I say I'm losing faith in him because maybe he just doesn't know how to use him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The the play calling is so atrocious. Are you, you are you losing faith in Ken Dorsey? Not at all. Really? Yeah, it's fine. Do do you think the play calling was good Sunday on the offensive side of the ball? Good enough. What's an example of What's an example of a what were you thinking play that you saw called? Oh, the fumble at the at the goal line on a QB. The fumble, the fumble. Ken Dorsey didn't call a fumble. No, but he called a QB sneak, which was a stupid call. (laughs) Oh, I disagree with that. Oh, I think that's the safest of calls because it's it's yes to get some both time going and, and some breathing room is the biggest thing that we needed. Positive. All we needed was positive yards, anything, and it would have been fine. And what is statistically a great way to do that is a QB sneak. Sure. Completely agree. Statistically, a QB sneak is the highest percentage of success rate in in the NFL playbook. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. They run the same QB sneak pattern every single time, which is Gabe Davis motions in behind Josh and tries to push him. So when the Vikings see that and have nine guys in the box who are drooling like wolves in the forest who just found like a piece of meat like they can eat. I don't know what the metaphor is here, but all the variables that could happen, like the the one possible positive variable is Josh gets what? six inches on that play and then you're in the same situation on second down. And that's fine. There's no like that's okay. It's, it's, the only the only role. In that situation, yes, the only role in or purpose of any play call is just don't give up a safety. That's like the whole thing. Oh, see, I that gave see, I disagree. The the safety is perfectly okay there. That that should be the worst possible scenario. You have if you have Josh and shotgun and you roll him out, all the variables, all the negative variables become a little less negative. Like. The worst possible outcome being he just runs out of the back of the end zone and takes a safety and we punt the ball and the Vikings have to drive 80 yards to win the game, tie the game, whatever, whatever the score was at that point. Like that's the worst Mm -hmm. possible scenario. The other possible scenarios are Josh rolls out out of shotgun. He has time. He can throw the ball away. He can run it. There's other things to have a QB sneak there where the Vikings. I mean, you telegraphed it for the Vikings pretty Pretty easily. It was pretty easy for them to figure out based on what you were doing pre-snap. Plus, you have Josh's injury going into this game, which we haven't talked about yet, which sure. I don't really want to talk about because 
the guy threw for 380 mm-hmm. yards on a bum elbow and you know he looked fine and was taking hits and on runs and scrambles and whatnot so i don't know if it was as big of a deal as people made it out to be leading into the game but to put him in that situation was just the only positive outcome was he gets six inches and you're putting him in the exact same situation again the worst possible outcome happened so just eliminate my my whole thing is like situational awareness like that's something they those two words they lacked a lot of on sunday there's one possible positive outcome of that play there's 17 different levels of negative outcomes that could happen that play so slowly try to eliminate the worst of the worst which ended up happening the fumble and the vikings getting and recovering it for a touchdown if you don't qb sneak which is usually the only way that could happen even if josh throws a pick if he rolls out and throws a pick like i don't know maybe the receiver tackles him right away and that's time wasting again like again it's coaches just like i talked about leslie frazier putting cam lewis or telling cam lewis to knock it down your coaches are not putting your guys in the most successful situations or the highest percentage of success possible on situations like situational awareness was clearly lacking top to bottom Matt, every inch of the argument you just made was completely all over the place and full of contradiction of course course. i'm all over the place today you you said at the end of it you said at the end of it they're not putting him in the highest percentage possible you started the argument by saying yes that play is the highest percentage possible for success and what the biggest thing that i think you're omitting typically yeah from this in spite of the fact that you're talking about that you ended by talking about situational awareness is that the situation was at the end with limited time fine to get six inches and get 45 seconds off the clock. And then, and then you're in that situation again. Great. You're in that situation again. You only have to do it probably one more time. It's going to be extremely helpful. And then even if you do have to punt, great. Then that's even less, that's far, far less time that they have to drive it down the field 80 yards. Like the biggest thing you had to do, was just not mess it up. And we chose the play that had the least statistical likelihood of messing it up. And it didn't work out, and that's why we were criticizing it. If it did work out, we wouldn't even remember this is anything. We'd have been like, all right, yeah, like we just, we ran, we wrote it out and it worked out. And also, this was not even like, you're talking about like things he could have done between running, snapping, different types of runs, different types of passing. And I mess it up. It happened because it happened on, a bumbled snap yeah. the, every play involves a snap so the bumbling of the snap could have would have happened in any of those situations in any of those scenarios sure but snaps are different according to where the quarterback is and what the play is so you're saying it would have been better off to have it, him in shotgun absolutely because at least okay. he has options at that point like mitch morris doesn't have to feel like he has to snap the ball in in a split second get a crazy push on the defensive lineman lined up across from him. He can snap the ball and has time to get into his blocking stance. Pass protection is much better than run blocking. We know that. Can we talk about the return of Harrison Phillips? Sure. He was good. I kind of thought it would be... He was good. I kind of thought it would be more. Like more of an emotional, I don't know, thing. I think if he had a bigger impact on this team, it would have (laughs) been. Oh, okay. I kind of think he did have a big impact on the team, but okay. Yeah, fuck him. He's a nobody. It's true. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a solid player, and I actually was surprised. I thought he played much better than I expected him to. You know, he was just a he was always like a depth guy, though. He wasn't like a 
He wasn't like an Aaron Donald or that kind of defensive tackle. You know, he was liked in the locker room and he was fine. And he he was only here during his first contract. Like it wasn't here like he was here 10 years, you know, Mm -hmm. so I could see the the sentimental stuff kind of flying by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, I guess. All right. Sorry, I talk I talk about situational awareness, the goal line stance, obviously. Uh we disagree with. I just can't believe they put Josh in that situation. The last play of the game as well. To me, Dorsey needs to say, or Sean McDermott or someone on the sideline needs to say, worst possible outcome here is we tie the game. That is it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. plus, if they tie, what's the dialogue the next morning? It's not like Oh, the Bills are a tire fire. It's like, oh, they're resilient. They led Josh led on a bum elbow two final drives in the final minutes of fourth quarter and overtime to tie the game twice. Like this is a resilient team who didn't play great, but they showed resilience like that. I think that's the narrative the next morning instead of moms for Josh Allen and all these fans losing their minds and media losing their minds or whatever. I feel like Ken Dorsey or Sean McDermott or whoever needs to tell Josh, we don't need a shot in the end zone here. It is first and 10 from the 20 here, whatever the down was. I was maybe second down. All we need to do, worst case scenario, kick a field goal. Don't do anything risky. If it's there, it needs to be 100% there. Don't try to fit it into a tight window. Don't try to force a throw. We don't even need to hit the end zone right now. Just do like they drove the whole way down the field. With Josh runs and short stuff and just do that. All the Vikings are doing is preventing you from scoring a touchdown. They want you to kick a field goal. So take the short stuff. Take what they give you. And why are you even running routes like that? Why are you even running 20-yard routes? Two guys. Again, two guys in the same area. Mm, Like mm -hmm. Again, situational awareness. Again, put it on the coaching staff to tell these guys whether you think it's a professional disrespect or whatnot or putting your players in the best situation or telling them what the situation is here. I I just, I found myself asking why a lot on Sunday and I still don't have answers. I'm just hoping they do because they're the team and they're the players and they're professionals. And I'm just a guy talking on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was kind of alluding to when I said about the less being less aggressive, more conservative, basically maybe playing like a little more like Dick Durrani you know, in terms yeah. of this understanding, like that it's hard. Like, be more Jurani. Yeah, be a little more Jurani. Because that's what I was thinking. You know, even on the last play, like as I watched Devin Singletary, like get back up and then stand there hoping for the ball to gain Josh's attention. And I'm saying like, right. oh, well, he'll give it to Singletary. Like I thought, I thought I was like, oh, okay, well, this is all going to work out because he's just going to dish it to Singletary and Singletary is going to go maybe about eight to 12 yards, you know, after the catch. And then I'm like, dish it to Singletary. Dish it to Singletary, and then he passed it. Not, not to that. You know, if Josh would just listen to me, he never does. I tell him what to do often. He never. Why listens. doesn't he, Tony? I don't know. I'm probably because like I'm a hundred yards away and also a hundred yards up. But I'm screaming. That was at my TV. Yeah, exactly. You're screaming at the game. Why doesn't he hear mm-hmm. any of us? You'd think. I mean, if he would just listen think. to us, that we wouldn't be in this situation. And that was an example. Um, but that yeah, also comes from the mental state of the yips that that could have like cleared it all for him. Maybe zipping into the end zone, Josh Allen style would have put a, everyone in a better place, but too risky, took the risk, did not pay off. Now we have to have this conversation, right? We have to have this conversation. <laughs> it's a conversation I don't want to have. That's, that's what I'm saying. So why don't we record it? 
exactly the environment and and edit it yeah josh we need to talk about the birds and the bees of the nfl mm-hmm. conversation we don't want to have but we need to have it what what do you think it it'll take for josh to get over this funk he is in um i don't Posi- know other than a other than a positive pregnancy test yeah oh no like a negative pregnancy test uh i would oh, say okay. it's, it's yeah i guess you're right it's mindset he's 26 years old the i uh I would say it's just going to take, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know his life. I don't know how he's gotten over it in the past. So that's, I guess what I can't say, but just, you know, a little mental health, a little meditation, something like that. A little head clearing, whatever it takes. Therapy. Little, I mean, well, I mean, I a guess a little Sharon one, Fieldstone I, therapy. Session. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. A little bit of Sharon Fieldstone. <laughs> that's what it's all we take. need. That's what it's going to take to win this, uh, bring her in, win this Super Bowl. Tony, anything else about this game? These are all the notes I had. Um, I don't know if you had anything else to comment. You being there, what your thoughts well, were. On that, I do, do have one more sort of idea. You know what can be very distracting is the male torso, especially the Buffalo male torso. Everyone's trying to take their shirts off because it's cold now because there's some weird toxic masculinity thing about surrounding Bill's fandom. And I'm like, just leave your fucking shirts on. I'm trying to watch a game. Like we don't we don't have to do this. We don't. Leave we're, we're all on. better than that. Yeah. Like, are we, are we uh, starting we, to keep a shirts on petition? Yeah. So yes. Sorry to keep. Yeah. You know who wants to, you to keep your shirt on? Your mom. Mom's yes. to keep shirts on. And you know you know who doesn't have to take their shirts off? Zaddies. Moms. Because <laughs> well, moms. Moms don't have to take their shirts off either. Nobody really has to take their shirts off. This is America. Nobody but, does. Uh, no. Yeah. But. Zaddies don't have to take their shirts off. Zaddies don't either. Zaddies definitely don't. Make sure you sign you know the Zaddies petition, listeners. Yeah. Is this a premonition to the return of the bomb squad? I think this is more indicative of proving to us that the mom squad doesn't need to return because the mom squad never left. They just they just rebranded. They just re, they just, just moved re, a little. They just reinvented themselves. Yeah, they just reinvented themselves. It's a great way of putting like, it. Yes. Like a like a cult. They're like an ame- amoeba. This changing. Exactly. They're like Kirby. They're they just suck you in and change powers and shapes. Great Kirby shapeshifters. They're animorphs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes. Moms. They're all they're all the above here. Exactly. Uh Tony, what do you say we uh we wrap up the episode though? I would love nothing more. Oh well that's nice of you. Not. Yeah, I guess you're right. Hosting this <laughs> podcast and you're just like, let's end this. <laughs> let's end this misery. Because next week when we come back. We're going to be talking about a win, baby. Oh, I hope so. We all need it. Josh needs it. It's a bury the mustache kind of game after the Jets game, and he did, and it didn't help. And I don't know what to do now, Josh. But let's wrap it up, Tony. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the show. Thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Holiday season, great stocking stuffer. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Speaking of great gifts, Witty Not Funny apparel will put a smile on anyone's face, even your loved ones. Uh, teespring.com, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast 
Twitter, or no, not Twitter, find the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, wherever you're fine podcasts are listened to for free. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Search Built in Buffalo. Subscribe, leave a review. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. We really do. Thank you for everyone who has listened to the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast this episode in the past and will continue to in the future. Uh, Twitter handles. Tony, where can the uh, listeners find you on the Twitter, which is going to hell quickly? <laughs> I was just going to, I was, as you were saying that, I'm just like, how do I integrate like a Musk joke into this? Uh, <laughs> well, what you can do is you can go on to Twitter uh, and maybe for the next at least 20 minutes, I would anticipate maybe longer, you're going to be able to search and the search function might work. And what he searches, Tony, Tony Ambrose, all one word, T-O-N-Y-A-M-B-R-O-S-E. And then you should at me with your best wittiness. Please do. Yes. Please add him. Uh, he is not verified. He's not spending $8 to get verified, folks. Neither are we. Stay strong. No. Out the built-in Buffalo Network can pay for my verification. Unverified people, stay strong. We stand with you. You can find the podcast at you, yes. Sports. Unverified <laughs> of the world unite. Yes, that's right. It's a movement. Uh, you can find the podcast mm-hmm. at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Witty Not Funny Sports on Facebook, TikTok. Follow us on every platform because with this Twitter thing, who knows where we'll be in two weeks? Who knows where we'll be in a week? I don't know. But give us you a follow. You can message me on Signal. <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely. I don't know. The, the possibilities are endless, Tony. Uh, but give <laughs> yeah. us a follow. We love following back. Love connecting with the Buffalo sports community out there. Tony, that's all I got. Send off for the list. Wise words. How do you message me on we... Signal? I don't, I don't know how this works. What's this? Oh, you need my number? Yeah, you're not getting that. Nice try, listeners. Okay, well, Tony's wise words and nice. send off this week is don't join <laughs> Signal. No, you should join Signal. Signal's good stuff. Okay. And my other wise words are no matter where the Bills play, whether it be here or some other situation, stay tuned. I can't wait to see how this all Toronto. plays out. And I hope that all of our listeners in the Buffalo area Stay warm, stay safe, stay snowed in, grab a six-pack and head to the recliner. And of course, stay witty, right? Yeah, nice. Yes, and of course, they of course. well done, yes. yes. <laughs> stay witty out there, everyone. Go Bills. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye, Snow. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching you guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.